0: The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place you want to bet to get in on all of the EPL, European Football Champions League, College Basketball, NBA, and XFL action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is your home for college basketball futures. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. PropSwap is available in many states where there is no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Borrow, makers of the internet's favorite sofa. Get $75 off your purchase and free one-week shipping at borrow.com slash SGP. That's borrow, burro com slash SGP for $75 off at Borrow. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is a leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hey guys, you're listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website, LockBetting.com. We have landed back-to-back locks over the course of the last two shows, including the FA Cup lock in the week. That now takes us on... A crazy run here of 27 and 8 yeah we've landed 27 of the last 35 locks that coming after a 2 and 5 start definite bounce back there 29 and 13 on the season and we look to keep it going here on this edition of the EPL show it's not actually just the locks that we're landing. I think the the picks overall have been very, very good, even better than last year. Even though the lock record last year was 47 and 11, I think the overall picks are much better this year, and especially that underdog record, because that is absolutely crazy at the moment in terms of what we're doing with the underdogs. We've landed the last three in a row here on the show, and um, we certainly are looking to keep that going. I mean, that's not really something that anybody ever focuses on because we um we we pay so much attention to to the locks here on the show and tracking our lot records and whatnot but the underdog record obviously i started tracking it because we made an 8 and 0 start this season we're now 19 and 5 for the season and bearing in mind that they are picked at a minimum of evens and i really do try to even avoid those and usually try to keep them at somewhere between plus 120 and plus 200 so Obviously, we're going to have a very profitable year with the underdogs this year here on the EPL show. So overall, happy with everything. Happy with what we're giving out to the clients as well because all the picks here, as I said, are generally pretty good each week and um, we're picking out a lot of those and and giving them out to our, our clients. So it has pretty much all come together as I always suspected it would do and um, we look to finish strong here it is a a normal thing for me to to kind of hit this run late on in the year I mean last year we had a crazy crazy lock run we were doing well anyway and then we just blitzed out a crazy run and that's just because you can sort of have a look at who everybody is and it becomes a lot easier to pick a lock because some situations just stick out to you massively like at the moment the unders are sticking out to me massively. And that was that was the same thing last year as well with certain teams where you knew they were going to go under. And the likes of Sheffield United, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, uh, Brighton even, they're all providing you with great underplays. And then there's some surprise unders there as well in terms of a team like Arsenal, who have only cashed three overs since Mikel Arteta took over, and they're a very surprised under-team. And the bookies haven't really fully adjusted to making Arsenal an underteam, which is what they have been, as I said, since Arteta took over. And then you've got teams like Tottenham who, who can't keep clean sheets. So they're a great... Over team at the moment as well, which is surprising because under Jose Mourinho's management, I don't think there really has been many over teams, unless of course you count the time when he was in Real Madrid, where it was almost automatic because the league was always a two-horse race. Real Madrid were pretty much was guaranteed to score three goals themselves, but it never came with. Um, his team's actually conceding goals and that's what he's got here at Tottenham he hasn't sorted this defense out at all and at the other end of the field he's lost Son and Kane so obviously Tottenham are not in good shape and it's not looking like they're going to make the Champions League same could be said of Arsenal They're, they're not scoring enough goals surprisingly despite having Aubameyang one of the top goal scorers in the league if Arsenal could all of a sudden click attack in the attacking sense, they could possibly move up the table. But for me, I think Man United are proving to be the form team who may make this top four and challenge down Chelsea. But of course, don't forget with Man City suspension from the Champions League for two years, it does open up fifth place, which then brings in the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United, and even they could put pressure on the likes of Man United and Chelsea. But in the end, I do think those two will see it out, mainly because there's going to be no pressure from the North London clubs, and maybe because Wolves and Sheffield United don't have the quality and they'll fizzle out. It's definitely, Sheffield United, I think, will fizzle out, but maybe Wolves can keep it going. I think it'll be dependent on how many competitions uh, they remain. In. I mean, they're only in two, but I think the Europa League could provide a, a more of a distraction for a smaller squad than Wolves, than it? Will for Man United, who can rotate, and of course Man United did get themselves a, a favourable draw. Not as favourable as people are making out, because LSK, LASK, are a very decent team in Austria. You have to be decent to keep RB Salzburg off the top of the table, because RB Salzburg were in the Champions League this year, of course, and they looked very, very good. But that was along to, uh, that was during the time, of course, when they had Haaland, and Haaland is now gone. And we saw that without Haaland, they immediately exited that, that Europa League. After coming down from the Champions League, they've now exited the Europa League as well. So that's a big, big miss for them. Uh, Wolves would have actually played Arsenal, funny enough, in the last 16 of the Europa League because Olympiakos ended up drawing Wolves and Olympiacos were the conquerors of Arsenal. That was, of course, a awful result for Arsenal, possibly the worst result they had this season, just when it looked like Mikel Arteta was fixing things there. Um, he went and lost that game at home to Olympiacos after going there were they sorry going to Olympiakos and getting a one nil away win and then coming home and then losing that game was a, was a bit of a disaster so now that only really leaves Arsenal chasing the top four and it's a slim chance they'll do that and looking at the FA Cup for their only possibility of a trophy but then been handed a tough draw away to Sheffield United I think with all Premier League teams in there every draw every draw was going to be tough there was no real easy draw I think if you're looking at a team that really lucked out you would have to point out and look at Manchester City going to Newcastle. But again, Newcastle don't have much to play for in the league and they really, really want to have a good cut run. And of course, the semi-final gets you to Wembley. So it would be interesting to see what happens there with the FA Cup. Um We just spoke a minute ago about the Europa League. The Europa League show is available exclusively for clients of lockbetting.com. So if you don't want to get the the picks or, or anything and, and upgrade to that kind of package, there are very, very cheap packages that will just get you additional podcasts. And one of those is the Europa League show. So I recommend up the, upgrading to that because on that tier, you also get yourself the European show, the European show, which will be available on Friday. So make sure you check all that stuff out, lockbetting.com for the European show and the Europa League show. Starting out with this week's games, we look at the Liverpool game here against Bournemouth. Liverpool coming said this having lost three of the last four; they're one to four to win this game. It's five to one the draw, and it's ten to one on Bournemouth. For me, I think this game may have a very clear pattern because I do believe, and some people will think that this is a bit of an overreaction, but I don't. I do believe that there is a blueprint out now for how to beat Liverpool, and uh, time permitting. I may produce a video outlining this and um, and using a, a pitch map and and whatnot so you guys can actually see. I've been meaning to do this for quite a while and um, I was waiting really for the NFL to, to finish and was looking for the right thing to start on the right subject. And I think a big subject would be have Liverpool been him worked out and explaining why they're losing these games. So I have a theory on it. You guys don't have to agree, but I'm pretty sure that my, my tactical knowledge of, of football or soccer is, is probably better than yours. That's why you're listening to my podcast and I'm not listening to yours. So it could be worth checking out if, if that kind of thing interests you as to why I think Liverpool are on such a bad run of form at the moment, losing three of the last four. But they're not going to lose this game. Uh, they're back here, home to Bournemouth. And their home record is one of the things that they will want to protect because obviously they, they're not going to end up being unbeaten throughout the whole season because thankfully Watford dented that record, dented the possibility of them finishing as invincibles, something I definitely didn't want them to achieve. And uh, thanks to Watford, they're not going to be. But I still think they could be unbeaten at home. And uh, they will win this game with Bournemouth, even if they ring the changes. But if Bournemouth do follow the blueprint, which does centre around allowing Liverpool to, to have possession of the ball as long as it isn't in the final third and as we've seen this season Liverpool like to press teams it's 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 Klopp's rock and roll football not just this season but they've been doing it for a long time and it does center around winning the ball up high at the pitch if you let them have it in the in their own half and let them try and break you down they seem a lot less capable of doing that they don't seem to have the creativity to do that so I believe that if I, if I can work that out, I believe that top football managers would have had a look at that and, and will probably implement that strategy in terms of conceding a load of the ball. In all these games that Liverpool have ended up losing, they have had a ton of possession and that's why I don't think that Eddie Howe will, will mind doing it. But the thing is, is that the difference being I believe that all the defences that have beaten Liverpool so far have been stronger than the one they're going to come up against this weekend. So I think inevitably they will be able to break this Bournemouth team down and on the other side of the pitch, I don't know if Bournemouth will be able to find it back in the net. My pick for this game will be Liverpool to win and under 4.5 goals because, as I said, the blueprint has been put out there. I don't think it's likely that Liverpool are going to be hammering this Bournemouth team, especially when they have to keep it tight because they're in a relegation battle and will probably be happy to get come here with a point. But I think inevitably Liverpool will break through. And I think even if they're hit back with um, some sort of Bournemouth goal on the break or a set piece or anything which, um, which would obviously add to the goal tally, I don't think Liverpool are gonna score enough goals for your bet to be in any danger. So Liverpool and under three and a half, I think, is, is also a great bet because as I said, I just don't see Liverpool putting up a load of goals here. And I think it's probably unlikely that Bournemouth score and Liverpool and under three and a half goals is available at six to five. But if you want to be super, super safe, um Liverpool and under four and a half goals is currently available at four to six minus one fifty, and I would probably just take that moving on to the saturday afternoon games you've got arsenal versus west ham where arsenal are the 8 to 15 favorites 1 to 2 actually in most places uh, 10 to 3 to draw and 9 to 2 on west ham i think west ham will be more than capable of avoiding a defeat here they're 6 to 4 plus 150 to avoid a defeat so that's West Ham on the double chance or West Ham plus one. If you could take West Ham plus two here up to four to seven, I don't think Arsenal are beating anybody by by two, three, four goals. Especially a team that is scrapping for relegation. I think West Ham off the back of what they did last week and off the back of their performance at Liverpool, I think they have a real chance of coming here and doing something. I think West Ham are the type of team that that may go on some kind of run now and possibly win three of the last six, three of the next six games and, and secure their survival because I think they only need four wins overall and they'll be okay. And I think they will be okay. And I think it's going to come down to, um, well, I think Norwich are already down. And then I think it's going to be two of Bournemouth Brighton and Aston Villa and I have said that for some time where I think that Bournemouth may go down because their fixture pile up is too difficult and for the other one I still believe Brighton will be the ones that go down and they were a massive price when I said that they were about five six to one they're now down to around about three to one I still like them to go down because uh, I just don't think that they can score enough goals. I think that it was stupid giving Potter that long contract just because they were playing more attractive football. The results didn't weren't necessarily all that great, and um, and I think now we're seeing that Brighton are really really struggling. So for me, I still think they'll be the team that go down, and I think West Ham get out of this, and they may even get something this weekend. But I like them with plus two at four to seven, so I don't think they'll get they'll get thrashed even if they do get beaten here. Up next, you've got Crystal Palace versus Watford, where Palace is six to four. It's eleven to five. The draw is two to one on Watford. Crystal Palace got that important win a few weeks ago that I think pretty much secured their status in the Premier League. They don't have much to play for. I think this team will go on their holidays soon. But what they are doing well at the moment, or I don't know if they're necessarily doing it well, but. What they're consistent at is is being involved in low scoring games, and I think this could be another one. I think this Watford team could actually come here and nick this game and really secure their 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 status in a Premier League next season, which is unthinkable when you think about it. Because at one point they're rooted to the bottom of the table, and everybody was taking them to go down with, with Norwich. But now it seemed like they're going to get safe, and um, this seems like a winnable game to me. This seems like a live dog to me, but. I think the more sensible play here would be to take the under. And uh, I think the same obviously applies to Sheffield United. As I said earlier on in the show, Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, uh, Newcastle, Brighton, they all fall into my top under teams. And here, Sheffield United, I look like they could be involved in another under game. Uh, I'm not too sure if I fancy Norwich City to put anything up on the scoreboard against the Sheffield United team, it seems like the sort of one nil game, but I'm just going to go for the under two and a half as opposed to picking anything creative like Sheffield United to win to nil or anything, because just, just because of the run that this Norwich team is on at the moment in terms of knocking Tottenham out of the FA Cup and getting that win against Leicester last week, there could be some kind of mini revival. It wouldn't surprise me incredibly if they got a point here, but I think that would be off the back of a one, one draw because Inevitably, Norwich don't can, don't keep many clean sheets, despite the fact that they kept less throughout last weekend. But Leicester themselves are on a terrible, terrible run since since Christmas. If you look at their results, they really only needed um, four or five wins to secure the top four, and at the moment they they somehow don't look secure in the top four, which is weird because they needed such a low target and they needed to do nothing. Nothing, nothing, nowhere near as much actually to match their first half of the season. And yeah, they're in they're in a weird predicament now where they need to win, I would say, half their games in order to make sure that they secure top... Uh, well, they get to score European football, that's guaranteed, but Champions League football is obviously what they're going to want. It'd be a massive letdown if Brendan Rodgers manages to let that slip out of his hands, especially after he was linked to every job under the sun after the start he made this season. But moving back to this game, I think it's an under game here. And um, you can get that at, sorry, where is it here? 8 to 11. Uh, The prior game, I don't know if I gave the price out, but Palace and Watford, you can get that at 4 to 6. I'm going to stick with that theme here for Southampton versus Newcastle. Reason being, it's because Newcastle haven't actually scored a Premier League goal throughout the month of February. Now, they did get a decent win in the FA Cup in midweek and they probably still need maybe one, maybe two wins just to make sure that they stay in a Premier League. But I think they'll pick those up at home. I don't think they're going to pick one up at Southampton. I don't think they're going to do much here against Southampton. And I think safe bet here is to go under. The difference being is that this one is a plus money. It's 11 to 10 here to get the under here at uh, at Southampton versus Newcastle, with the over being 4-6. to six. That's the same price Southampton are to win this game. 29-10 the draw, 4-1 on Newcastle. But for me, I go under here in this game. Last one from the three o'clock on Saturday is Wolves versus Brighton, where Wolves are the 4-6 to favourites, 14-5 the draw, and 5-1 to one on Brighton. I think this could be another defeat for Brighton, especially with Wolves having the opportunity to move right up the table this weekend. Um, Not sure what Man United and Chelsea are going to do in their games at the weekend because Manchester United are involved in a Manchester derby and Chelsea face a tough game against an in-form Everton team at the moment. So... This may represent an opportunity for Wolves to get even higher up the table this weekend. And they currently have managed to get themselves up into sixth place. They are level on points with Man United. And I don't expect Man United to to win the Manchester derby this weekend, although they are a very good price as an underdog. So it may be worth sticking a little bit of money on them, especially since they have beaten City twice this season already in the three meetings that they've had. But um, if... Man United don't win and uh, as I said, they are underdogs and and Chelsea fail to win against Everton. Let's say for argument's sake they they only pick up a point, then Wolves would be sitting just one point behind fourth place and uh, that's a monumental achievement for Wolves, especially after they actually had a bad start to the season. I don't know if you guys remember but people were talking about Nuno and and his job being on the line but now all of a sudden they've skyrocketed up the table and they've also got a lot of draws here. I mean it's a low tally anyway this season. Just to be in third place with 50 points is a low tally. Um City themselves in second place. They don't have a high tally either. They've got just 57 points from from 27 games. But it's a very, very low tallies for Champions League places. Leicester are 50 points from 28. Chelsea with only forty five points from twenty eight and Man United with forty-two. So Wolves Wouldn't be expecting to sit in sixth place challenging for the Champions League with just 42, but that is the situation at the moment. And if they had turned some of these wins into draws, they would be in a commanding position. They've drawn 12 out of 28 games, only winning 10 and only losing six. So they've lost as many games as Man City this season. So they are quite a difficult team to beat. What's weird is that Arsenal have also only lost six games, uh, winning eight and drawing 13. Drawing 13 out of 27 so they've drawn nearly half their games this season some crazy weird stats knocking around in a premier league this season but for me here i'm going to go for the wolves win um brighton don't carry much of a goal threat, and i think wolves should be able to win this game and put the pressure on the top two as they go into sunday and um I think there's a real possibility that Wolves start Sunday morning in fourth place after getting this win against Brighton, which, as I said, will put the pressure on the top two. And my clients actually have Wolves to finish in the top four. A Very small bet, but I picked out a few weeks ago. It was 10 to one. And I looked at the run-ins of all of the top teams and just thought that Wolves had the opportunity to make a little run. Um, they've actually drawn more games than I thought they would, but the others around them, haven't done so well what's been surprising to me is man united's great run of form and um i honestly feel that they're in better form than chelsea and they look stronger than chelsea for this this run in for these last 10 games with or without rashford with or without pogba but um we'll talk to, we'll talk about man united when we get there but um for this game i'm going to take wolves to beat brighton Before we move on to the the last game on Saturday, which is the late afternoon game between Burnley and Tottenham, let me take a second here to talk about the sponsor here on the SGB, which is, of course, mybookie.ag. mybookie.ag has it all from NBA to college basketball to the Premier League to the XFL everything on this show you will be able to find at mybookie.ag they've got the fastest payouts best promotions and very helpful 24/7 customer service team mybookie has more lines and odds for the player than any other sports book around if you join right now mybookie will match your sure deposit halfway all the up to $1000 that means if you deposit $2000 you'll get an extra $1000 in free money to play with. all you have to do is use our promo code sgp to activate the offer once again that's our promo code sgp SGP to activate the offer and get your extra cash from mybookie.ag where you bet, win and get paid. We're also brought to you here by PropSwap. March Madness is around the corner and PropSwap is your home for college basketball futures. Even if your state doesn't have a sports book, you can still purchase live sports bets at PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Because you're buying the bet directly from another person, not only can you find great deals, but you can also buy bets from states where there is no sports betting. All season long, PropSwap customers have been finding some of the best odds in the world. Last week, a San Diego State Championship Future That was originally bet for $100 at 400 to 1 odds sold on PropSwap for $1,200. Those are odds of 32 to 1 for the buyer, which is better than any sports book in the country. Sign up today, and they will give you a 100% match on your deposit up to $100. So all you have to do is head over to the website and use our promo code SGP. That's PropSwap.com. And the promo code SGP, moving on to the game here between Burnley and Tottenham. Burnley are actually the narrow, narrow favorites here at six to four it's nine to four to draw, and it's seven to four on Tottenham, or 13 to eight in most places, actually. Um, for me, Burnley are the rightful favorites here. I would like but to take Burnley here in the draw no bet market. But one of the things I alluded to earlier on was the fact that Tottenham are conceding a lot of goals. Burnley are a very different team than they were a few years ago where they were involved in a lot of defensive battles. Sean Dyche has completely changed the team. Now they they seem to attack a lot more than they used to. They get some very, very uh, big scalps as well. And uh, Tottenham could be another one, although Tottenham obviously not as big as it used to be. Uh, the over 2.5 goals here I like at uh, even money. And I think that will cash easily. And I don't understand why it's the underdog price. Um, both teams are scores at 10 to 11, 10 to 11, which I also think will cash. And uh, Burnley draw no bet. I don't know if it will cash, but uh, I definitely think it will run because I just don't see Tottenham winning this game. There's a very good chance that Tottenham will suffer their third loss in a week here. And um, as I said, earlier on Jose Mourinho's team are not defending well they don't have Kane and Son it doesn't look good for Tottenham from now to the end of the season they're not involved in any competitions Uh, I know they're in the Champions League still but they're going to go out to Leisping and uh, yeah I mean this this season could honestly end with with no trophies for Tottenham no Champions League football and and a bottom half finish or a very low top half finish it doesn't look good at all and this is the type of game which I could see them losing Moving on to Sunday and we have the game between Chelsea and Everton where Chelsea are the 10 to 11 favourites. It's 14 to 5 the draw and it's 3 to 1 on Everton. Everton to avoid a defeat here is a bit short it's an even money I would probably like to get that at plus money but it's not really available anyway because people are looking at Chelsea's home record and seeing that they are dropping a lot of points although they did beat Liverpool home this season so you would think they would be able to carry that momentum on and maybe get something here but Everton team this Everton team have been very difficult to beat only losing two under Ancelotti in the league so far I think this one is guaranteed to see both teams finding the net, which is available at four to six. Chelsea's defense isn't very tight. And, um, but, I, but I do think that they'll be able to score a goal here at home to Everton. I think this will be a relatively open game. Like most games here at Chelsea. And um, I think it could be either one, one or two, two or two, one, maybe even either way, because Chelsea is very susceptible to, to home defeats and I wouldn't like to back them I wouldn't like to take everything on a double chance because there's not enough value there and um I certainly wouldn't be backing Chelsea to uh secure back-to-back wins uh off the back of that victory against Liverpool which was a very big high point for them but um you never know, Lampard could, could keep things going. Um, obviously, as a Man United fan, I don't want Chelsea to to win this game and uh, it would be good for them to drop some points. It'd be good for Wolves supporters as well. Moving on to the Manchester Derby, it's on Sunday at 4.30 and Man United are the 4-1 to one underdogs. I alluded to this earlier, that's a really big prize for a team that have beaten this Manchester City team twice already this season. So they're 4-1s, 3-1 to ones, three to, one to draw. And it's four to six on City. For me, the other times this season where Man United beat Manchester City, I almost felt like there was more on it for City because in one game they were trying to get to a cup final. And although they went in there with a 3 1 first leg lead, they did play their strongest team because it was a Manchester Derby and Man United beat them. And at the same time, Man United also beat them earlier on in the season when they were still challenging for the league. Here, they've now reached a point where. I would be looking to wrap my players in cotton wool because you're trying to win the Champions League. You've got a second leg coming up against Real Madrid. The league doesn't really matter. Obviously, you want to want to secure second place for Pride, but it doesn't secure your Champions League football because the likelihood is, is that you're not going to be playing in the Champions League definitely next season and maybe even for two years. So why is this important other than it's for Manchester Pride? I still think that Manchester City will put a full-strength full team for this one and may rest one or two for the Arsenal game next week. But um, I'm not 100% sure why Manchester United are a 4-1 underdog here, given the fact they've beaten this team twice and the way they're playing at the moment. So I think you automatically have to put a little bit of money on that. I think you have to sprinkle a tiny bit on that, but you certainly have to take Man United here on the double chance to be able to avoid a defeat, which is available at seven to five here so definite value on that one um and as i said big value on the underdog as well i think man united are more than capable of winning this game and they're a good match here for for man city because if you look at the combined 11s there are a lot of man united players that get in because defensively man united are far better than manchester city are manchester city's problem if manchester city and man united's back four then they could possibly win the Champions League this season and obviously they could anyway but I just believe that they won't. I believe their Achilles Hill will be their defence, they're, they're very Short without Laporte playing a, a very weak centre back pairing, and it's too weak for me to, to win the Champions League. It doesn't matter, you've got Edison behind him in the sticks. I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done with that defence, and um, they are really missing a, a Maguire and Lindelof partnership, which Manchester United have. And, and even Man United can even bring in Baye, and uh, Baye's been very, very injury prone, but throughout his career when he has played for Man United and he's got a consistent run of games going, he has been good. And that's for full back positions. I think Man United are really only behind Liverpool and the because they We've got Trent and Robertson, but Man United's fullbacks, um, although not as attacking, they are probably defensively better than Liverpool's too. I, I really like Shaw and uh, and especially wan So I think Man City would definitely trade some of these players here for Man United. And you'll be surprised when you see the combined 11 when it goes out over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'm not going to talk too much about it here. Make sure you go and check it out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's my article where... I predict the score lines for the games this week and uh, also preview the game of the week, which is this one. So I speak more about it there. But for me, Man not too big as an underdog in this one. Closing out with Monday's game, and it's Leicester versus Aston Villa, where Leicester are the one to two favourites here. It's 19 to five the draw, and it's 13 to two on Villa. Like I did earlier on, I took West Ham with a two goal start and I can do the same here. And an even better price. Aston Villa at eight to eleven to avoid a two-goal defeat against a Leicester team who we are really struggling to win. Uh, we looked at Leicester's results earlier. Me and uh, a colleague of mine, not 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 us guys on here, and uh, we were really surprised at actually how bad they were. And um, there's not been really much made of Leicester's loss of form. I guess you could say that they're pretty secure in, the, in in the Champions League spots, and they've been concentrating on the cups. But that really wouldn't be true because they've actually rested more players in the cup competitions against lower lowly teams as they have in the league, and um, they've just not been able to play as well as they did in the first half of the season. And some of that might have been down to the fitness of Vardy because he's been in and out, and obviously he's getting older, and he's having problems. And he's a he's a player that relies on his speed, and as you get into your um, mid thirties, which is which is approaching. Um, he's going to get injuries, he's going to get muscle muscle injuries and that's what Vardy suffered from and they have missed him and Ian Acho, although he's a decent finisher, hasn't really been a replacement for Vardy because a lot of the way that they play is built around Vardy getting in behind so it's had to be a change of strategy and I don't think they've really coped with it and they've not been able to put up a plethora of goals I mean very different to the team that put nine past Southampton so for me here it does represent an opportunity for Aston Villa to pick up something because they did pick up something in the cup and they did put this team out of the league although at the same time I also think that this is a derby and Leicester will be looking at revenge so I wouldn't be entirely surprised if um, if they do end up just smashing Villa here in a revenge game and, and, and getting all their frustrations out and scoring the whole bunch of goals that haven't been scoring for weeks and weeks but I think there's value on taking Villa at the plus two here at eight to eleven but I'm, I'm more Confident about the plus two we took earlier with, with West Ham against Arsenal, and I'm also more confident about West Ham staying in this league than I am Aston Villa as well. Closing out with the lock on at this show, um, I really liked a lot of the unders that we talked about. Uh, I think I picked like three or four in a row. At one point in the show, Um, I also like Wolves as well to keep the momentum going against Brighton. But I think the pick that probably stood out as as the most and and being the most value was the one at the start. And that was Liverpool against Bournemouth. Liverpool to win this game and under 4.5 goals. They haven't really stuffed anyone this season. And I think especially now at this moment in time where yes they need a win to kind of stop the the negativity that might be and all the panic that might be going around the club but at the same time i don't think they they're going to do it with with their full team out here which is obviously going to stifle the goals as well so if liverpool going to win and they're certainly not going to hammer this Bournemouth team, then the Liverpool win and under 4.5 goals is obviously going to cash for you. So getting that four to six, as opposed to what should be closer to minus 200, in my opinion, is great value. So that's where I'm going to go with the lock this week as we look to land another one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if Liverpool rest certain players, specific players in this game, the ones that ended up playing in the fa cup game on wednesday so salah and trent alexander sat trent alexander arnold sat it out they'll come in and i would expect that the other fullback robertson gets a rest and probably sadio mane as well i would expect Firmino to come back into this game but i'm not 100 sure on that but i think you'll see maybe seven regulars and, and and four non-regulars coming in for this one Would be would be my guess at it and uh, again that's going to just going to stifle the chemistry and also not forgetting the fact that this Bournemouth team are going to set up to frustrate Liverpool because they're in a relegation battle but I think inevitably Liverpool break through and um, once they go a couple of goals ahead I don't even think that they'll be they'll be trying to to smash this Bournemouth team it's not on the agenda winning is on the agenda and uh, I think they're good enough obviously to beat Bournemouth uh, but not big so as I said Liverpool under 4.5 goals for me represents a lot of value so go with that for the underdog on this show I think quite a few stuck out West Ham are a big price of five to one um Burnley are not an underdog against Tottenham which is disappointing Manchester United of course are the underdogs against Manchester City and for me I think that one sticks out the most. Uh, Watford as well, another mention. But I think, yeah, Man United on uh, on the double chance market is available at the underdog price of seven to five. And I think I'd be taking that one. I think Man United, with the form that they're in and the fact this is a Manchester derby and the fact that Manchester City don't have a lot to play for and have more important things coming up, I think Man United at seven to five, just short of plus 150, represents some very good value there. And that's going to be my dog for this week for the parlay, um, I'm going to take a couple of those unders that I've been talking about. So uh, I'm going to pick the Palace-Watford game and the Sheffield United-Norwich game. I think an under-under double there will will pay out nicely. And um, I don't want to add a third one to that. I'm happy with um, just taking the two-team double there because they've been working out better for us recently anyway. So I'm going to stick with that. And obviously, you're getting decent value anyway with um, one being available at four to six and the other one being available at eight to 11. So yeah, this makes a decent two-tier parlay so i meant two-tier as opposed to two-team because obviously it's under under so it's just two under legs there so two-tier parlay on those two games and uh, that concludes your lock dog parlay before we close out the show let me take a second here to give a shout out to burrow Borrow are the makers of the internet's favorite sofa you can get $75 off your purchase and free one week shipping at borrow.com/sgp that's b u slash o w.com/sgp for $75 off at borrow make sure you go and check that out in addition to that let me take a second here to talk about Ace per head Ace per head is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace offer a live betting and amazing mobile experience. So get started today, and Ace is offering you those six weeks free, as I mentioned. Once again, aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Also, don't forget to check out my website, lockbetting.com. Massive week coming up for us here. We have the European show, of course, at the weekend. And then, of course, we have the Europa League show on Thursday. That's an exclusive lockbetting.com show. Meanwhile, we'll be back this week here on the SGP with the Champions League show as we break down the second legs of those Champions League last 16 ties so I'll be back here on the SGP I believe that show will be available on Monday in the meantime head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com to check out my EPL article which has the predictions for all the games and of course a more extensive preview on the game of the week also don't forget to check out the fight show. The fight show's back this week. Uh, we had a rare disaster last time out with Dante Wilder getting knocked on his ass. And uh, that was a big loss for me. Uh, very, very disappointed for that. Really looking forward to bouncing back. And we can do that with the UFC card this weekend as Israel Adesanya returns to the octagon for me. Israel Adesanya is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC at the moment. I know a lot of people point to Jon Jones and put him in the conversation of being the greatest of all time. But for me at the moment, Israel Adesanya is the guy that's coming up and as Jones is leaving his peak Israel Adesanya is the guy that's entering his peak and he could be the name for the next three four years that really steps up in the UFC so look out for him he's fighting this weekend and make sure that you check out the latest edition of the fight show which should be available right now that's it for me good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening guys